This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. Hello, Truth Seekers, and welcome once again to the FBI Basement, the podcast where we watch and review every last episode of the hit 90s television sci-fi series, The X-Files. Every episode? Every one. Really? You're running out of stuff to do, aren't you? No, 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 I'm just trying to think of one. Like, the one where they fight the wolfen? That actually happens? We are three episodes away from it, yes. (laughs) Awesome. The wolfen will come with his razor. Fantastic. I am Todd, the host of this crazy thing. Joining me, as always, is Shannon, my wife. My am waifu. I? A waifu. <laughs> I am not your... Yeah, I, I got nothing. You married me. I did. And uh, as well, our panel of weirdos from the great white northern north of Minnesota, Val and Vanya, are here. You call me that one more time, I'll make you stone cold. Well, yeah. <laughs> And from the pasty white north of New of New York, <laughs> slightly um, uh, impaired Marissa is here. Slightly impaired. Insert uh, interesting line here. <laughs> that, that's all I got. That's interesting. Uh, I gotta say the impairment oh, was you. from the migraine, right? Was, you're a little bit headachey, a little feeling bad, not feeling great. <laughs> a little bit everything right now. Today on the program, we're going to be reviewing an episode in which a body-swapping near-death experience collides with Scully's erotic lust for older, authoritative, dispassionate men. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, so for those of you who have ever sat through one of my diversity panels at any convention that I will be mentioning later, I will tell you how much I love Dana Scully as a feminist character, and then I remembered this episode, and I threw all of those notes out and then cried for a couple of hours. Now, this episode is called Lazarus. It is the 15th episode of the first season. It was written by Alex Genza and Howard Gordon. Oh, God. Directed by David Nutter. <laughs> <laughs> that guy again. Everybody, let's enjoy that name. And uh, it earned a Nielsen household rating of 7.6, being watched by 7.2 million households in its initial broadcast. Okay, so people are watching it, but it's an awful, awful episode. The commercials are better. Oh. Uh, before we get into it, how is everybody, huh? Come see, comes up. Cold uh, up in there. We're, we're now, um, uh, as the time this episode airs, we're going to be balls deep in the Christmas season. Ugh. <laughs> The Yuletide. <laughs> Balls deep in Christmas. Balls deep. <laughs> Anytime you say something sexual, Todd, he goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he gets really excited about that. Like, even even in our, our daily lives, vaguely sexual, it ch- his tone changes, and it's like, okay, weird. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Christmas makes my nipples hard. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All glory to Zeno. Okay, we are seeing destroying the innocence of Christmas and destroying it. Believe in Santa Claus. He comes once a year. Oh. <laughs> That's gotta suck. Okay, boy. So we are watching Lazarus, or we're talking about Lazarus. Yes, we watched and- it. Oh, yeah, Lazarus. we all watched it. All right. 
Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I make no promises. <laughs> twice, actually. Yes, twice. Okay, so let's roll right into the recap here. <laughs> we open in the uh, in a large bank lobby where Dana Scully is assisting a fellow FBI agent, Jack Willis, in apprehending a violent bank robber and his girlfriend accomplice. <laughs> Which is, oh, right, this is the one that has the really weird references in these first few minutes to both Pulp Fiction and Natural Born Killers. Yeah, doesn't he say everybody, like, does he say Honey Bunny or does he say Pumpkin? <laughs> Which one does he say? I think he calls her Pumpkin. I right. can't remember. But it is. It's like they just point blank steal from that opening scene in uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. Well, you know, it's it sort of goes. To, it, it's like uh, oh, there's a there's a trope for you right there. The the um, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend bank robbing pair, Bonnie and Clyde. And it's not the last time they do this. Oh no. no. Okay, so they've been they're they're there for an anonymous tip that these uh, these two were going to hit the bank and they're here to mess it up bad. Willis in particular seems very uh intent on taking down the robber uh Warren Dupree, who strangely looks like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Why is that name familiar? Cuz he's the guy who wrote Hamilton. Oh yeah, I just saw him on uh, Difficult People. Yeah. Yeah, not to say that he's not a great guy. He's an amazing writer. Uh, I'm not going to sit through Hamilton because you motherfuckers need to stop telling me I need to. Um, I was thinking, you know who that. you are. <laughs> we can't get tickets to that. <laughs> I know. I, we were and trying I to have pick a, a show. And, and I have like, cousins who live in Boston and, 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 you know, Williamsburg. But I have hipster cousins who probably could. But uh, I stand by stop telling me I need to listen to Hamilton. And that has nothing to do with this. But yeah, the guy looks vaguely ethnic and looks like... Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> he is not Lin-Manuel Miranda, just so we all know. When the time comes to um, uh, attempt the robbery, of course, Scully and Willis get the drop on Dupree, but Dupree manages to shoot Willis with a shotgun, and it is himself shot at the exact same moment by Scully. Who's not even aiming, by the way. If you look at her, it looks like she's shooting <laughs> off at multiple different people. Yeah. Like, how many other people did she take out like she's just staring at him like you just killed him and she just starts pulling her gun as it's clearly aiming off to off to the side so right. she kills like the bank manager some poor rando Child. walking down the street uh a homeless man's dog but also dupree his dog <laughs> why the dog <laughs> because i went to vilify scully so much in this episode she says she's a basic bitch in this episode yeah she really is Dupree is dead, but the uh, both both men are rushed to the hospital. The worst hospital in Bethesda ever. They are just defibrillating the fuck out of Willis at this point. Why the fuck is she in there? She's in there and she's telling him to do it more and up this uh, up this amount of medication and do it again and keep doing it. And every time they zap him, what's not noticed is in the background, Dupree's corpse is reacting to the jolts. Until finally he comes back. How does nobody notice that? Because I know I noticed it right no away. No one's looking at the dead guy. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm telling you, this is the worst fucking hospital ever. Not only are you not noticing a dancing corpse, but second but of all, who? Why are you allowing a woman who you have no idea in a trauma situation? Yeah, she said, I'm a, a I'm a doctor. Or How many I'll times do it. Did she do like, that? Where's your credentials? If you don't do it, I'll do and it. And they always listen every time. It's like, okay, angry, tiny redhead said, let's not do it. So, God, bless. No, no, why is she in there? 
I also want right? to point out that w- that while this jolting is happening, you can see Dupree's uh, bitchin' arm tattoo. Oh, the importance his, of that his, tattoo his is herp- not... His yeah. herpes tat? Yeah. Right. What was that of again? <laughs> the importance of that snake tattoo okay. cannot be overstated. Because yeah. it's really overstated in this one scene, and we barely talk about it I- ever I'm again. I'm sure there'll be payoff later, right? Oh, sure. Totally a payoff. Uh, I just want to point out that at the same time, there is probably an episode of ER being filmed in that same goddamn hospital with the same similar idea, and they're pushing the partner out of the room saying, no, you're too dramatic right now. <laughs> Let us handle it. Ah, makes me angry. Opening theme credits. Don't sing this time. Don't sing this week. Why not? Why <laughs> not? <laughs> okay, fine, sing. Do, 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 do. Four out of ten, not even my top five. I don't even think that was this Miles thing. You guys do it. Oh my god! I'm judging you all harshly. You know what? You can sing it next time. All right. If you're gonna judge us, you can sing it. Uh, Mulder and Scully are discussing the incident, and uh, Scully reveals that um, uh, Jack Willis was a former mentor of hers, as well as a former <sighs> lover. So uh, let's now step up to the wheel of character tropes for Scully. They're gonna they can add the the the, the music. You know, <laughs> no, it's gotta be that. <laughs> Kill yourself. Wait, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> what? What's wrong with me singing? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, uh, Nothing. we're going to spin Beautiful. the wheel of character tropes to find out which one Scully is going to be showing today. Uh, first, let's let's meet our contestants. It's Shannon from Virginia. <gasps> How you Hi. doing, Shannon? I'm really excited to be here. Is this where we have the open mouth kiss? No. <laughs> I'm not on the feud? Right, here it comes. It's time to step up, and what are you hoping for on the on the prize wheel, dear? I hope we win big, and I'm hoping for daddy issues that are going to be unresolved. Step up to the wheel and take your spin. <gasps> come on, big uh, money, big money, no whammy, no come whammy. On, come on, come big on, money. Whammy. Come, come on, on, daddy issues, come on. <laughs> come, come on, on daddy, daddy issues, big money, no whammy. <laughs> it's daddy issues. Oh my God, <gasps> what did I win? <laughs> a viewing of Lazarus. Oh God, why? You win. Oh. Uh, that's right. Okay, this is coming like two episodes after yeah, Beyond the Sea. Two episodes after Beyond the Sea, and we see this is the first time we've seen a, an ex-boyfriend of Scully's. Can we just point out that she has apparently always dated older, authoritative, dispassionate men? Yeah, yeah that guy was old. Like, this dude's old enough to be like her dad. It's, I'm pretty sure, because it's like it, it. Don't don't get comfortable, guys. You're gonna see it again, a lot. <laughs> nice, a lot. <laughs> like Michael Bay, a lot. And uh, then she dro- uh, Scully then drops a bunch of um, uh, exposition. The fact that they share the same birthday, the fact that he's left-handed, which you know, most evil people are. Hey! <laughs> I actually shared the same birthday as my ex-husband. Oh. It's not something that I recommend. <laughs> no, no, I would imagine not. <laughs> I'll, I'll try, try to that, avoid it. Don't do that. 
I am also left-handed, but that's unrelated right now. It's because you're evil. It's true. Wait, no, Willis. It, it, I, I, I made a mistake. Willis is right-handed, but a pair of left-handed shears <laughs> were used to cut <laughs> off the body of Dupree's fingers when uh, Willis woke up a few days later and went missing. Does, does Scully ever get to ask Willis what he's talking about? You know what? She has all that time to do it. So that scene when he wakes up, he goes over to the mirror and it was like the, the face-off scene. The face-off. Face-off. Oh my god, you're right. Like Who was it was uh, mentioning the, the mutilation? Was that Scully? Or was that the coroner? I can't remember. I think it's the coroner because it's a kind of a weird moment. Yeah, my note was... Did you say mutilation? A smiley face. Because it's like someone gets really excited. Yeah. I, th- I think it was Mulder. Yeah. Yeah. Mulder, Mulder's be. a big fan of mutilations. Oh, God. It's another episode that's weirdly sexual, isn't it? Oh, God. They're all weirdly sexual in some way. Yeah, they way. really are. It's fucked in the 90s. What do you want? Uh, <laughs> like awkward I will sexual. also say that Willis steals the most badass 90s sweater I've ever seen this side of Northern Exposure to escape from the hospital in. <laughs> <laughs> like that is literally like that is the most Canadian fucking jacket I've ever seen. Uh, Mulder jumps to the conclusion almost immediately that Willis is being inhabited by Dupree's consciousness. How? That is such a weird conclusion to jump right? to. Right? How does he get to what? that? So quick? how? Do, yeah. What? What evidence does he have for this again? Like you know, I, I get that, that Dupree was left-handed, but Willis was right-handed. But they cut him off with a pair of left-handed cut out. He was he was showing them the heart rate thing and saying, "What does that look like, Scully? It looks like two heartbeats." And she says, "It could have been a flaw of the machine. He could have been a time lord." You know, it's there you uh, I get that some of this weird jumping of conclusions kind of comes from sort of trying to be Twin Peaks, but fucking Dale Cooper threw rocks and did transcendental meditation to come to weird conclusions. Where the fuck is Mulder getting this shit? Where? That's what this is missing. Like they, they never really show like the, the the Independence Day moment where someone like I think like sneezes and oh that's how we're gonna fix this. Yeah, it's... <laughs> the agents take a trip to the University of Maryland to speak with a weird academic who, reason, <laughs> who theorized that during near death experiences an energy release could occur that could radically change someone's personality. Yeah, he says you're vulnerable just before you die. Fucking. Duh. What? <laughs> no shit, really? <laughs> I got distracted by how poorly lit the hallways are at the University of Maryland. I mean, this is uh, the halls of academia. You could trip no, over like, that. Here's yeah. the thing. I went to my time hop today, and I have pictures of like just before uh, a break at Emory and Henry, and the hallways are that poorly lit, but my class was at 6 o'clock at night on the last day before like a fall break. What is their fucking excuse? Everything's poorly lit on the X-Files. It's like, there surely needs to be some janitorial staff changing bulbs or some shit. My God. <sighs> Meanwhile, uh, Willis is uh, in the midst of a nice big old rampage here. Uh, kicks open the door of uh, Lula's brother, whom he believes to, to have sold him out. <laughs> That was one of my favorite transition scenes throughout this whole episode. It goes from Scully trying to defend him and say, I'd say two heartbeats is uh, a far away from being possessed. Cut to him kicking down the door of a meth addict. <laughs> like, sub bitches, who are you? I'm here to fucking kill you. How do you not know me? 
and commits all kinds of murder on him. At Surprise, this, motherfucker! At this time, uh, <laughs> Dupree's tattoo is beginning to appear on his inner arm, which I don't even know how in the hell that would yeah. possibly happen, even if I'm going to accept a, a change of consciousness. Okay. No, you remember we talked about this when you got your tattoo. The guy there said, don't have a near-death experience because if your soul leaves, your tattoo is going to spread to another part of your body. Yeah, that's that's what my tattoo guy yeah, said. Yeah, said that to yeah. me too. That's weird. So that's like common tattoo knowledge, right? I think that's part of the disclaimer now when you sign that. Like yeah. you can't be drunk. Also, if you die, it'll your tattoo will make know, sure. Go on to another yeah, body. make sure that you were over the age of eighteen. Have your ID and make sure that you don't die unexpectedly. Oh yeah, don't give blood. You can't. I don't think you can give. And blood. don't give blood for a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, no drinking. And no drinking. Or blood yeah. thinners. And next day, Mulder and Scully come to investigate the crime scene, and uh, Willis shows up and tries to pass it off as no big deal. Surprise, motherfuckers! <laughs> It's literally what he might as well say, right? Like, no, I am agent man. You can't be here, I sir. am government man. Man? Come from, no, the, from government. the government. The government has sent me. That's really what it is. That's what it is. They didn't, oh, because they didn't want to let him in. That's right. And then uh, Scully had to vouch for him. Like, like he no, didn't he's look cool. Like, a, like, he didn't look like a drunk person with a gunshot wound in his stomach. A Mulder manages to pull a, a fingerprint off of the television. Right. And the moment that we decided that Lola's, Lula's brother, brother, uh, clearly didn't watch the news because, I I don't know, I guess he sold all of his textbooks for meth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what happened, right? You probably can't get that much meth, though, with with textbooks. No, no, it depends on the textbook. No, but they're heavy enough you can, like, hit someone with them and steal their meth. Yeah, yeah, that's better than a sack of quarters. Mulder decides to test... uh, Willis by having him sign a fake birthday card, so that info dump from earlier comes in handy. Does he sign with his left hand? Yes. Yeah. So he signs stressed with his left hand. Uh, but Scully uh, writes off the odd behavior as stress and not being possessed by a bank robber. Yeah. As science based as she wants to be, she really um, throws away all of her science education and goes with her like feelings. Every single time, it seems. It's like you. she's supposed to be skeptic, but she's just emotional. Ah, she did not finish the rites of Vulcan, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. I'm sorry. I, I also don't, don't it, care. Excuse me. The, per, the purgation of emotion undertaken by the Vulcans is known as the Kolinar discipline. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you. Thank you, 12-year-old Todd. (laughs) As it was attempted by Mr. Spock in Star Trek The Motion Picture. This has been 12-year-old Todd. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, 12-year-old Todd. Now go back to your seven of nine Christmas ornaments. (laughs) Okay, so... They get a tip from a landlord about the location of Lula. Which uh, uh, Scully and Willis go to chase down. and In the world's biggest basement. In the world's biggest basement. They manage to corner oh her. Oh my god. But Willis pulls his gun on Scully and makes her handcuff herself to the radiator and what could be the start of some really bad fanfic. Hey, gotta build up uh, a girl-on-girl dungeon spank bank. Oh, um, 
That, uh, let we me need- tell uh, uh, dude, dude, don't bother. I can tell you right now <laughs> that that, uh, that 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 particular part of the spank bank was already filled by several very bad fanfic writers. Oh yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Um. I choose not to uh, comment on. Oh, I'll comment on this moment. She's guilty. I'm guilty. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We. <laughs> that radiator comes back later in so many fanfics. On so many different iterations. Oh God, the angles. No. Uh, I think it was. I think it was at this scene where Tanya's mentions, oh, I wonder if he has a bigger dick now. <laughs> and, I, and I said, wouldn't it be shitty if it was smaller? Fanya! <laughs> Fanya, what? No, I have no idea. Willis then um, uh, convinces Lula that he is actually Dupree in Willis's body uh, by showing off uh, Dupree's severed finger oh, with hell. the ring still attached and reciting the wedding vows from natural born killers. They are! They are the fucking vows from natural born killers! Finally, she buys it. Um, uh, oh, do we get the weird twist that makes no sense? Are we up to that point? Willis then calls Mulder and tells him that he and Phillips are holding Scully hostage and uh, demanding a nice big fat ransom for her. And this uh, pisses Mulder off. He says something about there's. Oh, my God. I just realized there is a inconsistency in here. I mean, like really fucking consistent. Like the FBI does not negotiate with kidnappers. Scully says this, but they do. In fact, this is the premise that will come up later with Dwayne Barry. Right. <laughs> in fact, don't they have <laughs> they only have people in the FBI that do negotiate hostage situations? Yeah, that's actually how the BAU initially got started was that they were a negotiation, a terrorist negotiation era aspect. It was negotiation and then that went into psychological profiling. Isn't isn't the shitty excuse though that he that it's him? That he that he was an FBI agent, so they're kind of giving it away. But, but but so was Dwayne Barry. So like yeah, Ugh. yeah, it's all bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, during the um, uh, captivity of Scully, uh, Dupree is pounding sodas <laughs> over and over, full sugared sodas, by the way. Oh God! Uh, when Scully reveals that uh, the body that Dupree is inhabiting is that of a diabetic, and how while, is he in the FBI? While tattoos will go away, <laughs> apparently diabetes insul- doesn't. Diabetes does not. <laughs> he was killed <laughs> by Wolfram. Like, and here is uh. the thing: this is, and I think I made you watch the scene five times because I was really angry. Scully says that the body he's in is going through hypoglycemia, which is not what is going on. Uh, hypoglycemia strange. is when you have a lack of sugar in your body. Hyperglycemia would be, yeah. And actually the side effects that she point blank says, as if she were a WebMD site, is for diabetic ketoacidosis. Hmm. The more you know. Well, it's not like she's a doctor. <laughs> it's not like she has a fucking medical degree from one of the best medical schools in the country, right? Willis is going to need some insulin to survive. 
which leads um, uh, Willis and Phillips to rob a pharmacy to obtain the insulin. I, I'm just curious. This is like the first... I, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Is this like the first time this shit comes up in this episode? The diabetic thing? That may have yeah. been in the info dump, but I, I don't think so. I didn't get no, that. No, you know what really pisses me off? I got a bone to pick with this scene. If, if she's not <sighs> going to give it to him, why did she go get it? Why the fuck would you risk it? Right. Lula doesn't want to give the insulin to Willis because... As it turns out, it wasn't Tommy that sold them out. It was her. <laughs> Watson agrees. Watson is yep. also angry at this scene. <laughs> it's a very frustrating scene. Like, why even go to get it if you don't or just to break it in front of him? Like, oh, that's nice. What a waste of fucking time. <laughs> right. Well, maybe she thought that he would drop dead on the way there and she could just leave him in a gutter. That would have been the easiest thing. Why didn't she just fucking leave? <laughs> As it turns out, uh, Lula was the one who betrayed Dupree to the FBI, not in si- and not Tommy. Yeah, I I think my note here is, and what? Oh, because this is also going to get into some stupid, dumb bullshit. More. More of it. More bullshit. Uh, another call to the FBI where the demand of a $1 million ransom is put forth. Um, they well, were asking for ransom this whole time. I didn't catch that at all. I didn't either, actually. I, I I think that is the case. There is also a we can't trace Scully's cell phone, which, no, which fuck you. doesn't make sense. Fuck you, no. <laughs> no. She, uh, no. Not even then. Because cause he's calling from Scully's cell phone. <laughs> uh, however, they do manage to use a... The audio of the call and the sound of a plane taking off, uh, taking off or landing or whatever, to to uh, get a close approximation as to where Lula is. So this this is probably why I like this episode so much. This entire episode for me was worth it for this scene alone. When you're seeing this guy processing audio on a reel to reel system like that, and what he's able to do with those machines was. Uh, I wrote down it was uh, a nerdgasm audio scene. Oh, I love that. Was, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was, yeah, I can it was, see that. So I can see that. That's pretty dope. So there's actual, you know, you actually get to see some really cool FBI police work going yeah, on and, here. Yeah, and that's the thing is everything he was doing was legit, like spot on. They probably just pulled in an audio tech guy. He was like, hey, can you do this thing? And he's like, yeah, here, clickety, clickety, click. That was click, good. click, boom. Yeah. So uh, finding the, uh, so digging that out and then... Uh, Mulder goes forward like a, he's got an entire squad with him this time, and they know the area to to fan out over. And the knock on the door comes from what seems to be a Bible salesman who is actually an FBI agent. And I like that she answers the door for the Bible salesman. Right, she answers the door for the Bible salesman, turns him down. It turns out, whoops, he's an FBI agent, and he's just radioed her location to the entire squad. Well, um, when they were when they were in the room getting ready for all this, the bald dude introduces Mulder, and he actually defends him. Like, I think he's the first person in the FBI it's who was the like, first "Listen, time to this the guy." Mean girls are like, "No, let's listen to yeah, him." Yeah, he's like, he he actually knows what he's talking about, which is weird. So, oh my god, competent FBI work. <gasps> I also like, well, keep in mind, one of those FBI agents is Race Bannon. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's another. a guy in that crowd that looks exactly like Race Bannon. So, yeah, I, I, I think I nearly had a heart attack. Not to be confused with Vice President Racist Bannon. 
no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I yeah, it's like the first time you see the FBI in the X Files actually do work. It's like they finally got a uh, consultant. Actually, I think that's the case. I think this is when they hired the consultant. So, uh, Dupree uh, is meanwhile uh, giving in to his diabetes across the room from Scully. He's taking cold. For- <laughs> so cold. <laughs> he is taking fucking forever to die from ketoacidosis. <laughs> <laughs> Just go into the coma already. And he feigns death when uh, Phillips drops her wedding ring on him. He then leaps up and in one last act of heroism grabs her gun and kills her and dies seconds later due to a lack of insulin. Mulder arrives on the scene to release Scully. Later on, Scully is retrieving Willis's possessions from the morgue, including a watch she had given him for his 35th birthday which was stopped at 6.47 the instant Willis died at the bank shooting. <laughs> so she's a believer now? No. Oh, and oh. when Willis dies, his tattoo disappears. Yeah, that also <laughs> happens. That also happens. The, the watch, the, and that was a point that was made earlier at the university that there's the release of energy that causes watches to, to fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, like, to be like fair, doctors are just constantly buying watches when they go into operate. Like, oh, I got to get a new fucking watch now. I got a guy die on me. Hell shit. Yeah, I don't. Jeez, ah, it, it's just such a there, there were a lot of leaps that you have to take for this episode. But when the episode fires well, I think it does well. No, it has moments. I will I, I will give you that. There are moments of competent police work. There are some well shot scenes. I just think uh, no. Not so much. Marissa, you got thoughts? Uh, it's, it's kind of an episode that annoyed me. <laughs> it's, it's forgettable. <laughs> it is. Vanya? I agree. There's a lot of problems with it. And Val? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like this one. <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> weird, right? Like, no, it's... Uh, I, I think they did good in at least putting a supernatural aspect into this episode. That wasn't, I guess, you know, they can't, ex- they're never going to explain whatever, but yeah, this is good. No, they eventually had to hit the whole near death experience thing, but it was kind of an interesting gimmick they put on it with the body swapping. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like the tattoo part. Yeah. That was like dumb. the, um, you know, with the ketoacidosis, it, it, they didn't really say like what, um, type he has. Cause that, is typically with uh, type one diabetes. So, um, but the, like it still would be hyperglycemia and not hypo because yeah, I, it's just completely not right. And I actually didn't catch that. So you know, kudos to you for even like noticing that. I just <laughs> well, it, and it wouldn't have mattered. But if you look at it and like I, it, it bothered me. And I'm not yeah. really sure why, but it was like this is like a little nitpicky thing, I guess. Because you were I, on a witch, you were on a witch hunt to find something you didn't like about this episode. No, That's all really it is. A few <laughs> different things, like the tattoo thing, is really annoying. Like, this is a I, review I, podcast. Nitpicking is part of the game. Well, and it's like <laughs> I, I think the thing is that it's like there are at least like four episodes of the Twilight Zone like this, and like there's a really good one called Dead Man's Shoes, which is exactly point blank this episode. Except uh, replace tattoo with shoes. Isn't that an Adam Sandler movie? Before we get to the ratings, however, we've got some information to disseminate for you. Uh, first off, if you are a fan of the podcast that we do, 
you should know that we also do another podcast called The Adventures of Todd and Shannon, where we recount adventures and bring you live uh, on live, not necessarily live, but on location podcasts from various conventions that we visit. And we are going to be visiting various conventions in the coming months. We sure are. Talk to me, Shannon. Tell me all about it. All right. Well, we are going to be going to MarsCon in Williamsburg, Virginia on January 12th through the 14th. And that's at the the Doubletree, uh, right? The Doubletree, yes. Uh, we will be also at Mysticon in Roanoke, Virginia. I will be doing a ton of panels and a couple of book sightings at the uh, Holiday Inn on Starkey Road. Hooray! Wrestling is, legend Tommy Dreamer will be there. Yes, <laughs> it will be Tommy Dreamer and I think Tara from Buffy. And the guy who does the voice of Steven on Steven Universe. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's February 23rd through the 25th. And then we will be in Lexington, Kentucky at the Lexington Toy and Comic Con next to the Rupp Arena at the uh, Convention Center downtown. And oh my God, uh, I will be the one who's not Chuck Norris, but that is going to be March 9th through the 11th. And then Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is going to be there and I'm going <laughs> to try to avoid getting my head kicked off. And also Ray Chiba, who was May on uh, Sentai Su uh, Di uh, Jew Ranger. I think they've got both Pink Rangers, don't they? They do. They have Amy got the jo American Pink Ranger and the Japanese Pink Ranger. Yes, they have Ray Chiba and Amy Joe Johnson. All right. So and that's I thought she died. What? No, no, no. Yeah. The Yellow Ranger died. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Ray Chiba was May. And anyway, ready to get weird. Ready to hear something weird that the uh, the Yellow Ranger in the Japanese version wasn't a girl. And we will also be at Awesome Con. In Washington, D.C. Oh, this is going to be fun. March 30th through April 1st, and we are really excited. If podcasting is your thing, if you like looking for more podcasts to listen to, my man Valentin going to tell you all about the Medicinal Mass Network right now. Head over to www.medicinalmass.com and listen to one of the many podcasts we have that are not satanic, I swear. Um, this is just an audio glitch. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead and listen to our non-satanic podcast at medicinalmass.com. Mm, why do I taste blood? I think my eye is bleeding. Oh, glory to the <laughs> hypnotoad. And uh, <laughs> if you enjoy more something visual, that's not too abysmal. The Oddite Delight can help you out. Right, Marissa? I will do your art for you. Just ask. I'll draw butts, and I'll draw stuff that's not butts. Just, uh... Butts! Facebook.com slash odd... E light like a light bulb, and I that that's it. Just I'll draw your butt. Will you draw dick butt though? I will draw dick butt. I have drawn. Will you draw dick butt for these people? I I will draw dick butt <laughs> for these people. <laughs> Yay! And of course, we'd like to also like to promote uh, Fanya's own enterprise, where she is currently working as a private detective, uh, with a as <laughs> <laughs> a uh, Hawaiian shirt wearing private detective. <laughs> Thank you, Fanya. Oh, yes. What happened to the Etsy store with the dick stuff? Yeah, I just don't. I, you know, I like to make myself things. So she does many things, many things. Versatile. I, yeah, many things. She leads many man. lives. Many lives. Maybe. She's like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, right? Okay. Uh, one more thing I want to sort of talk to you guys about very quickly before we get to the silly ratings. Uh, something rather, actually, quite serious. Right now, uh, the Trump-appointed head of the FCC is trying to uh, enact legislation to 
end net neutrality in the United States of America. If you're not aware of what net neutrality is, uh, this these are laws that prevent ISPs from creating internet fast lanes, from blocking out content from, say, competing companies, from outright censoring political thought, ideas, anything else. Basically, it prevents them from carving up the internet and selling it to you piece by piece. And if this, if this repeal makes it through Congress and is signed into law by President Dipshit, then one, another big thing is that independent content creators, podcasters, all of the... Um, uh, all the voices you hear right now on this, con- on this amazing podcast, we're doomed. We're de- and yeah, it will have a disastrous effect, especially if, you know, if we can't pay off the tier to get into the fast lane. Well, see here, I've been thinking about this one. And if the internet does go away, you don't have to stop listening to this beloved show. If you subscribe on Patreon, we'll be sending you out a cassette tape of each episode as it airs. We'll compile them into a month-long thing, and you'll get it at the end of the month. So, hey! Yeah. Yeah. Um, but seriously, you if you don't want to have to listen to things on cassettes, you should really um vinyl. Write write Adrian. a letter, go go stand in protest, you know, speak out. This is this is not going to be good. Who else wrote something nasty in the comment box? <laughs> Send your comments to the FCC, call your members of Congress and your senators, let them know that we want a free and open internet and we don't want to give the keys to the ISPs and the telecoms. All right, off the soapbox now. Time for some fun ratings. Okay, I am going to give Lazarus three cans of sugar of uh, sugary soda. Shannon. Oh, I'm going to give it uh, two and a half stopped watches. Vanya. I'm going to give it one microscopic body double penis. <laughs> <laughs> Vanya uh, wins this every time. Val. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give this one uh, four herpes tattoos. No, wait, wait, we'll give that three herpes tattoos. Herpes tattoos? Um, four, no, I, I, it's bad. One really bad fanfic involving someone cuffed to a radiator. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it. Kinky. Yeah, you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally did. It. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not mentioning names. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps it up for this uh, very eventful episode of the FBI Basement. Tune in next week when... Oh, join us next time when uh, Mulder gets stalked by a guy with a creepy hand and we all learn how to move our dead bones. Bones, bones. It's my strong Uh, Reanimate your feet. (laughs) (laughs) For Shannon... Val, Vanya, and Marissa, I say good night, and the truth is out there. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. Testing, testing. Uh, is it working? Hi. Why do you smell like ass, meth, and death? Oh, yeah. Christmas makes my nipples hard. Balls deep. Surprise, motherfuckers! (laughs) (laughs) Woo!